Hi everyone, welcome to Unplug with Annie. I'm continuing the series of Purpose and today I've got Tanya Alejani on the show. Um, Tanya is a former model and trainer. She found her calling to be of divine service after experiencing a extremely profound um, transition and awakening through meditation which changed the path of her life forever. She's attended many, many healing workshops. She's been inspired by quantum physics and attended healing retreats by Dr. Joe Dispenza. She's highly influenced by his teachings. She's also a qualified yoga, meditation and breathwork teacher who specializes in Kriya Yoga. So I'm going to be asking her about that and just about what made her transition, her career and also her path and commit to this new path and how she remains connected with herself and with those around her. And um, yeah, we're just going to be talking about her life and, and uh, how she's at so much peace all the, all the time, it seems. Um, lots more coming on right now. Hey, Tanya, welcome to Unplug with Annie. Thanks for being here all the way from Melbourne. <laughs> Thank you for having me. Hello. <laughs> Hi. So I, I'd love to hear a little bit about your journey because I find it so interesting that you, you've also taken a big leap in, in Korea, um, having done modeling for, for a while and now you're focusing on, um, really, really focusing on, on healing and being a healing practitioner, which is something else that you do. So could you tell us how yes. this shift happened for you? <laughs> well, I, I will try my best to. It's, um, it's, there's a lot to it, but I guess the short of it is really about a year ago, actually, 12 months ago, exact, I was at a meditation workshop retreat. And I, I don't know if you're familiar with Dr. Joe Dispenza's work. It was one of his seven day workshops and I had been before. And I pretty much had an experience that I found out after was what some people would call a kundalini awakening and it completely transformed the way i perceived life it was the most profound experience where i literally um felt like i got all these downloads and information and i knew what i was meant to do and that this was my path and uh Prior to that, I was a model for a long time and an actress and a personal trainer. And I had so many different jobs and I always felt off path. I, I'm sure a lot of people can relate to that. Nothing ever fulfilled me. And I would have goals and I would kick those goals in those in careers, industries. And I still felt, I would say, a sense of, I guess, emptiness. And for me, when I was quite young... I was always interested in the mystical when I was younger. And that kind of got squashed as I got older, mm -hmm. being raised in a cultural upbringing where, you know, it's like, no, you have to get a degree and get this job. And I still went my own way because modeling is not something a lot of Middle Easterns, you know, do. <laughs> and yeah, I just feel like it was always what I was meant to be doing. And it's almost like I always say a veil was lifted. And uh, prior to that, I never necessarily had a profound connection or experience with what some people would call God that I call 
universal loving consciousness. There's an energy that binds us all. We know, we know we're all connected and we call it, everyone calls it something. And before that, I never necessarily had uh, a, a firm belief in that until I had that experience. And yeah, it completely changed me. And I just um, decided from that moment to answer my heart's calling. And that's what I do now. I just uh, go with what feels right and natural, regardless of what my mind might think. So Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's kind of the gist of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's amazing that you. So I have his book. I have Dr. Joe uh, Dispenza's um, "Becoming Supernatural," yes. and um, it's. I've not yet finished it all, but yeah, his work is really, really fascinating. And I, I sometimes listen to his meditations on YouTube. Yes, um, his yeah, yeah, and I've heard some. You know, miraculous healing has come from these mm-hmm. experiences, yeah. but um. I've studied a lot of things, uh, various teachers from 2014. I've traveled to Brazil twice um, to learn and experience all of this. And I've done my teacher yoga teacher training. I've done initiation into uh, Kriya Yoga, which I'm doing, uh, which is its own thing that we'll talk about. But I always um, say with his work, it's one, so his books are one thing, but when you're actually at an event, Mm. to experience that and it's mainly what you do is meditate so you drop into really deep states of meditation and I you know his his work truly is what triggered the transformation for me and whether it's destiny or whatever it was I I think his yeah his work is phenomenal so you should definitely wow wow so so when you when you have this um, you know, switch in narrative and when you felt like something else was calling you, did you feel that when you were pursuing this new path, was there a difference in terms of, was there a lot of striving before which suddenly disappeared or was there anything like something very significant which you can, um, yeah, kind of, kind of clarify if you, if yeah. you had to compare? I, I definitely feel it was different in that way. I beforehand would do what my mind, right? We, we, we live in a society, in a, in a culture, in Australia, Western society specifically, that we're raised under certain notions of this is what life looks like. This is what you should do. You go to school, you go get this degree, you get married, have a child or children, have a dog, buy a house, you know, like it's all mm. this kind of... Um, I guess, yeah, conditioning is the word that we think that's what we're meant to do. And for me, it never wasn't right. Like I tried many things. I've studied so many things from a young age. And I think I was striving because I was denying my truth, which is the path I'm on now. And I did know it from a young age, but I completely shut that aspect of myself down. And now, um, and from that moment, I mean, there were still, I would say, doubts. I think that was a natural part of the process as well because I always say what happened in that week-long event took me months to integrate. So I had that experience outside of my body and to anchor that knowing and energy into my physical body took time to embody fully. And only recently, I would say the last three to six months, have I, I, I always say, I guess it's really clicked in where it's just like a, yes, 
this is it. And it just feels natural as opposed to trying to do what my mind tells me is right or trying to do what other people might be doing, you know, on social media or in this industry. And I think that's something, no matter what job we have and what we do, it's just natural for us to think that way sometimes is to look outside. But I always say it's always inside you. All the answers you need, we always have inside. So yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. So you met, you mentioned um, the practice of Kriya Yoga. So I don't yes. know much about this type of yoga form, but a lot of yoga yeah. is, is sometimes focused on, you know, the physical benefits as opposed to the internal benefits. And then you have some yoga, which is completely on like breathing and meditation. So can you tell us yes. about, about this? Well, yes. I mean, so the Kriya Yoga that I, um, I, I'm doing a mentorship program with my yoga teacher who taught me my uh, traditional yoga teacher training, which I did in November last year with her. Um, so Kriya yoga is, is quite traditional and it's generally only taught from guru to disciple. So you have to be initiated into the practice. And then once you're initiated and you can fully experience and embody that practice, you can gift that to other people. So I, I'm not sure if you've read the book Autobiography of a Yogi, which is a really popular book. It's incredible. Um, I, I recommend it, it's a little bit difficult to read. There's a documentary movie that was made on the life of Paramahansa Yogananda, who brought Kriya Yoga into um, international knowledge or Western the Western world in 1920. And he wrote Autobiography of a Yogi, which is kind of some people call it a spiritual Bible. Mm-hmm. Um, so with Kriya Yoga, it, it's quite different in that way. It's, it's a mixture of pranayama, which is breath work, mantra, which is, I don't know if you're familiar with mantra, and mudra, which is mainly hand um, gestures and seals. And essentially the practice of Kriya Yoga, um, you're... It's, it's difficult to explain, but I'll explain it from my perspective. It, 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 in a way, can rapidly accelerate your spiritual development. So it's not something that I would recommend just anyone to do. I would definitely recommend it for the people that are interested in having that um, experience uh, where it's, it is a little bit like kundalini. You're working with your kundalini energy. So the Kriya... It, in a physical sense as well, they say it purifies the blood. So it's oxygenating the blood so it can move more freely in our body and we're able to uh, tap into those uh, deeper states of consciousness. So I do recommend it for people that are um, looking for that experience, but it's, yeah, it's, it's very, um, it's physically can be challenging as well. There's some movements and postures that <laughs> you have to, you know, hold for three, six minutes. So you're always kind of overcoming yourself when you're doing Kriya Yoga. Mm -hmm. And and meditation, obviously meditation is something you've done a lot of as well. Yes. Yeah. So with meditation, I I feel like sometimes it can really overwhelm people because for some some people meditation just means breathing in a conscious Mm. way. And for others, it's kind of like, they start in order to get a specific result, you know, to, to tap into that subconscious mind. And like, obviously, Joseph yes. and the teachers, um, there is like a sort of method, isn't there? It, it's methodical. It's not just kind of shut your yes. eyes and, and read a couple <laughs> of breaths. 
Yeah, I, I always say, I mean, what meditation was, well, is to me now is not what it was five years ago. So I always compare it to, you know, I was a personal trainer. So the same way that you go to the gym for the first time and you try and lift a weight, you're not going to be able to lift that weight, right? It's going to be hard, uncomfortable, and you're going to want to give up. But then when you keep going with the program, if you're lifting weights, before you know it, six weeks in, 12 weeks in, you'll start feeling stronger. You can do the movement and physically you look different. Meditation is the same thing. It takes consistency and it takes discipline. And I think that's one thing people think with meditation. I know for me, like six years ago, I was like, oh, it's like a chore, right? Like I don't want to sit here. But that's only because the way we live, uh, we're always in survival mode. Everyone's constantly either thinking about where they need to go or thinking about what's happened in the past. And meditation is the greatest gift that we have access to in whether it's breathing or 10 minutes of closing your eyes that you're able to bring your awareness to the present moment. And I think once people realize that that's the main benefit is to firstly be able to tame the mind and drop expectations and drop the self identity and just be still that stillness is for me, I find, um, whether it's again, five minutes or an hour, that's what will transform your life. Just being able to drop into those states of detachment. Mm-mm. And, and you mentioned detachment, which I think is such a great, yeah. a great word because, um, yeah, obviously I know that you mentioned at the beginning as well as we we're often like chasing, um, you know, a, a different mm. purpose to really the one which is truly meant for us. And we mm. do that because we're comparing ourselves to others because the world's kind of, encouraging us to chase these other these other things which really don't serve us but somewhere we're taught that and you know we develop these almost like limiting beliefs as well that you know I Mm. I, I'm not good enough for this I should be doing this how how do we I mean you had a profound experience which really encouraged you to take this step and for people who haven't had that experience then how do you think that we can we can tap into what's meant for us Well, for me, before that, so September, which was a year ago, prior to that, for six months before, I was doing the meditations, Dr. Joe's meditations, every single day before I had that experience. So there were days I did not want to meditate. Like, no. You know, even now, knowing what I know, it's been um, interesting, challenging in a different way because of what's happening in Melbourne right now. The energy is heavy. We're in lockdown. You can't leave your house. There's, there's always going to be a challenge. And I think consistency is key. So for me, that six months essentially was the foundation and the building block for me to have that experience, which allowed me to tap into that knowingness. And I always say as well, I think when you're meditating, um, don't try and make anything happen. That's the key. I think people think they have to meditate a certain way but there's no right and or wrong way to meditate. There are still some days when I meditate for the first 20 minutes, my mind is wandering and other people would think if they're meditating that that's wrong, but it's actually not. Um, you just need to almost become the observer of your thoughts in those states. And the more you practice observing your thoughts, the more you can detach, the more you can 
bring your awareness back to the present moment. So, so it can be difficult. And I know people that have meditated for like 20 years and it's a, it's, it, it, it's a struggle that we'll always, always face as long as we're a human being, because we're having human experiences, right? So we'll have the great days and we'll have the not so good days. It's just about being consistent and not giving up, just continue to go forward. And before you know it, you know, you, will be able to just sit in meditation longer. You'll be able to drop into detachment, that state for longer periods of time. So Mm -hmm. I I definitely feel it's not being hard on yourself. It's the number one too. And just being consistent. It's so important. Yeah. And is there a way of kind of transferring what what you do learn in meditation or that state of kind of oneness and being still and being present um a way of transferring it into our kind of like walking state of life is there any any particular things that you do or any triggers which you you find help you um you know when when you are awake and you're you're doing life essentially yes uh definitely i mean i um especially at the beginning i was very observant of my thoughts so through meditation i was able to notice my thoughts and what you can do during the day when you're having a thought that you don't want to have, when you become the observer of that thought, you can change it because as soon as you become aware of it, that's a, that's a huge step that you can become aware, number one. And then what you do from that point is also important. So if you're having a bad thought, if you're, I don't know, like stuck in line at the coffee shop and you know, you're getting angry and you're like, oh, in that moment, if you become aware that you're having that uncomfortable thought, whether it's judgment, anxiety, if you're rushing, to choose once you know to come back to the present moment because it's always it's the always wanting to be somewhere else that gives us those feelings. Mm-hmm. And I think observing your thoughts is so important and you can do that at all times of the day. Um, I definitely think as well, spending more time learning is, is important as well, because it's not just what you do in meditation, it's how are you acting in real life? You know, you yeah. can have an incredible meditation and feel all the love in the world, but then, you know, you can open your eyes and get angry at someone. So just becoming aware of those habits and emotions that we become addicted to, in a sense, and becoming aware and then shifting out of that. Mm-hmm. And, and, and you mentioned addiction as well. Like, you know, I often find that we all have these kind of different coping mechanisms when we're stressed mm. or angry or mad. And for some people, it's obviously things like drugs and alcohol. Um, yes. But, but would you say that um, meditation then also kind of becomes like a, a coping mechanism and, and but it, it's just a healthy coping mechanism or oh, definitely. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I mean, I, you know, for me now, it's just a part of my daily ritual. It's my, it's my me time. It's my time to uh, feel those elevated states of emotions, gratitude, love, excitement, and also drop into that state of detachment and, you know, not worrying about anything that's happening outside of what I'm feeling internally, um, which is more real than anything else. So, it, it, it definitely could be seen as a coping mechanism, but a very healthy one. And um, yeah, yeah. I mean, I love it. I have to do it every day. Like I meditate yeah. every day. Yeah. But I don't, uh, one thing I do though, so it's not rigid because you don't want it to be a routine or a chore. 
because then you're expecting something. Um, I switch up the times. So at the beginning, once I was really getting my rhythm, I would first thing in the morning, not look at my phone, not do anything and meditate. But now I've kind of broken out of that routine where I'll meditate during the day randomly at a different time, or I will have a coffee first and then meditate. So not yeah. making it rigid. Yeah. Yeah. And in terms of like the duration of meditation, then is it something that to really reap the benefits you have to do for an elongate, elongated period of time? I would say at the beginning, yes. Just because most of the time at the beginning, you are kind of getting rid of the thoughts that are running wild, the sensations in your body, the, you know, the, your mind's everywhere. Definitely at the beginning, I would say stick to it long enough that you are able to at least experience some form of um, peace, however yeah. long that takes. And then how long you want to stay in that feeling is up to you. And then, you know, as, as you uh, are able to drop into those states quicker and more naturally because you embody that, you'll find it's easier to drop into that quicker. But at the beginning, I would definitely recommend to do it for as long as you have to, to drop into that feeling of peace. However, and it's different for everyone. It's different for everyone. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I love that word peace because I feel like it's so linked to um, this idea of finding our purpose as well. Yes. And going back to, you know, when you were a model and you were acting and you were doing all these other things, would mm. you say that, did, did, you, did you feel like you were not at peace? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I was miserable. <laughs> yeah, not happy at all not just because i was off pur purpose I, I truly believe all of us are here to be of service to each other in whatever way is natural for our soul's path it could be anything for me uh, it's definitely what i'm doing now it's very natural to me even having this conversation just so natural to me whereas that uh, when i was acting and i had incredible opportunities literally handed to me i always felt miserable or I would self-sabotage because there was a part of me that didn't actually want that. Mm -hmm. And I think um, a lot of us know when we don't want something and we don't listen to that feeling or that, you know, itch or niggle or that, you know, we just think we're being, uh, I don't know, fussy or, but it's not, it's something deeper within us that's saying, Hey, look over here, look a different way. So uh, I, I would say I had moments of, peace probably when I was on holiday you know which is also another thing people live and work hard to then enjoy you know they live to go on holiday because that's when they can enjoy themselves where I don't feel like we have to live that way mm, mm. and when you're working with people now and you know you're 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 teaching them um, a lot of the knowledge that you know and what it, what is the most uh, rewarding part about that for you in terms of do you see yeah I mean often for, for people who undertake any kind of coaching you know they themselves don't experience such rapid change or at least see it but I feel like for an outside person you can you can see it much more clearly oh I think just um believing in that possibility of a different feeling or a different life just seeing that in people it's just it makes my heart so happy because I was that person because I didn't believe in anything I did have depression and anxiety from a very young age so and I never 
believed in anything because I didn't know any different. So to be able to transfer that knowledge and that the tools I have that work, that I know work, and to see the changes it makes in people's lives just by even, um, you know, connecting with them, even through conversation, it's, it's incredibly powerful. I think um, sometimes it's the smallest things. It doesn't have to be a rapid change or a big change. It can just be the way they see themselves or a different thought they start having or a a different habit they pick up, self-care. They learn to look after themselves and not feel guilty. Like all of there's so many things. Yeah. 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 Oh, well, it was, it was so amazing talking to you, Tanya, a little bit about this journey. Um, Yeah. It's so interesting. You've definitely made me want to, um, want to attend one of Dr. Joseph's <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, no. yeah, experiences, that's for sure. But yeah, thanks for taking time out. Thank you for having me. It was lovely to be with you. <laughs> well, that was the end of another episode on Unplug with Annie. I hope you tune in next week when I talk to another exceptional guest. As usual, every Sunday, we're continuing the series of purpose and I hope it thoroughly, thoroughly speaks to you. It affects you. I hope you're inspired to share the message with someone and I hope that you have already subscribed to the podcast. If not, please go to www.unplugannie.com and you can find all the podcast links as well as other links and articles which may be of interest to you. You can also subscribe and receive the weekly email newsletter to your inbox and be part of the family in a more active way. Until next week.